that. So it's seven o'clock sharp and I like to get started right on time. So I wanted to uh, just thank everybody who's uh, logging in as we're getting started. Uh, looks like folks are jumping on as, as we're, we're moving forward. And uh, what I'm doing right now is just sharing my screen uh, to our event page mm -hmm. uh, for Coach's Corner. I've got uh, Nick Perler on with me today uh, with the uh, Perler Wrestling Academy. And what we're going to be doing, uh, of course, my name is Roy Koyama with uh, High Performance Wrestling Athletics out of Springfield, Missouri. Just uh, wanted to uh, get some uh, tips, some tricks, maybe some insight of what we could be doing uh, during the time uh, while we're all locked down in this, in this uh, very uh, unusual and unique situation. And, uh, uh, you know, go, going through some questions and just, you know, just finding out what uh, a coach like Nick would, would give us all, you know, when it comes to advice, uh, what, what uh, he could uh, share with the coaches as well as the wrestlers. Uh, also be doing a live Q&A section so if anybody has any questions, uh, what I'd like to do is uh, go ahead and have you type your questions in through the chat window. Uh, there is a chat window within the app, as well as if you're using the website. So go ahead and feel free to type in uh, any, um, okay, I'm sorry about that. Any questions that you might have, just making sure I'm getting everybody in here. And uh, let me just go from there. So what I want to do is go ahead and introduce Nick. Uh, Nick Perler, uh, founder, you, what founded uh, the Nick, the Perler Wrestling Academy in 1999, from what I understand, uh, averaging about 150 wrestlers a year or, or year round, uh, providing a very high level of success in all areas uh, with your athletes, as uh, as well as producing. From what I've uh, just done a little bit of research of national winners uh, with uh, state medals, national medals, uh, all kinds of awards. Uh, my son has actually participated in uh, one of the camps, so I have firsthand knowledge of uh, what uh, Nick has to offer, and it's a high level of value. Uh, it's, it's really cool because Nick does offer from beginning to advanced classes, as well as a, a girls-only training session now. Let me just go ahead and admit some more people. All right, now what we'll do is uh, later in, in the uh, web, webcast, we'll get a, a little bit more of a chance to learn more about Nick and what he has to offer. Let's go ahead and get uh, started and move on to our topic. The topic is that we have all, most of us, if not everybody, uh, we've been on this lockdown. And, uh, you know, some of us are be able to get out and do our essential things or, you know, go to work or grocery shopping and all that. But when it comes down to it, the uh, wrestling community as a whole, I mean, all of our activities have kind of been put to a major halt. And uh, for me as a coach, I've been struggling. You know, what, what do I do to keep the kids engaged? Uh, what do I do to motivate them to, you know, be physically and mentally active? Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to talk to Coach Perler tonight about this because I want to get his insight on this, what he was suggesting the lockdown. So let's go ahead and get started on that. Uh, if, you could, if you could share with us, Coach, and I want to thank you for being on with us. Uh, like the lack of motivation, because I, I, I'm seeing it kind of across the board. What are some of the tips that you might have for kids, you know, to just keep their head back, you know, keep their head in the game? Because I know some kids have told me that at first they kept it up and then they've slowly diminished. Yeah, well, what we did was this. Um... I have, I just sent a third week, so I broke everything up. I had a, a lot, a big list, and if anybody's uh, interested, I would get a pen and paper and write some of these ideas down. I think, uh, you know, some of them could be beneficial. So instead of saying, do this every day or do this Monday through Friday, I said, here's this week's uh, uh, wrestling assignment, right? So every day they're supposed to do Monday, 
Wednesday and Friday, they're supposed to do 15 minutes of stance and motion, but not with an emphasis on um, moving your feet quickly and really just trying to, to wear your legs out. But, you know, I said, always pretend that you're in the national finals and, uh, you know, Jordan Burroughs is getting ready to take you down. So, and you're beating him by one point. So that way we're, we're, we're stance in motion Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 15 minutes, take, uh, you know, two minutes, take a break, uh, whatever you can do. Some kids can go three minutes straight and then take a little bit of break. But the emphasis is just on where it's a good way to say, let's just work on our stance because we should be doing that anyway. Right. Secondly, uh, uh, the, the kids who have the ambition or the uh, uh, hills next to their house or, or bleachers or something. Um, one of our coaches, Brad Dickhouse, he wrestled at the um, University of Northern Illinois, and he was a state runner-up for Francis House Central. He wrestled at University of Northern Illinois and was NCAA qualifier. He's actually in the financial uh, planning uh, business here in Winsville, which is where I grew up. I actually live 20 minutes south of there now in Augusta, but um, our gym is basically in Winsville, and Brad helps me on Wednesdays. So Brad said, have those kids do 100 burpees in under eight minutes because it's very difficult and uh you know burpees when you explode up to the top so i've had videos and pictures i put them on our instagram page and facebook of a lot of our athletes you know uh, a lot of them are doing that and i said i want the parents to keep track and at the end of this whole period over three to four weeks or whatever it ends up being if you can give me some documentation that you stayed on them and they did all of these things and there's about eight eight or twelve different things so that we did uh, then everyone's going to earn a, a shirt. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be like, uh, you know, maybe uh, just some kind of a motivational type of, uh, I rather external motivator, right? A shirt, maybe it will say relentless on it or something. I've got a few ideas from our coaches. So every, well, Monday through Friday, they have a physical activity to do, which should only take about 15 minutes max, right? And the kids who aren't doing burpees should be running some hill sprints twice a week. And obviously the kids who have a weight room at home or in their garage, they're supposed to be lifting weights two to three times a week anyway, right? That's part of wrestling. Um, so I told them to uh, encourage them to continue those things. But from a wrestling standpoint, uh, that, that's what they're supposed to be doing every day. Secondly, I, I put, and everybody has access to these. You can, we, we release one a day on social media, but they're on our YouTube channel, uh, Wrong Way, Right Way videos. Me and my son and a future son-in-law, we shot 90 of those, um, probably about five days into the lockdown. So uh, our kids have those at their disposal. So I encourage them to watch, watch these videos. Um, there's 90 of them. They're usually only about 30 seconds or less. So it's pretty easy and, and painless to do because you can learn a lot through watching. Uh, I always tell our athletes, not just at this time of the year, but year round, we always mention this, that, you know, a famous quarterback can get better at football by studying his playbook uh, while he's sitting out on his swimming pool by his mansion, uh, just by flipping through and, and studying his plays. And we always do an exercise. We do this all the time in our room. And I always say, if I say the word apple, a picture of an apple pops into your head. If I say, uh, you know, uh, blast double, a picture of a blast double pops through your head. So, you know, from a just uh, um, uh, sitting at your desk getting better at wrestling standpoint, you can watch wrestling videos and get better at wrestling. Uh, lastly, we gave them uh, our online wrestling academy that we built a couple of years ago. Um, it was about 275 wrestling techniques broken down into four parts, basics, phase one, phase two, phase three, further broken down into sort of um, order of importance, I guess you could say. So I gave all of our, our athletes access to that as well. So they have two video libraries to watch, and we have a handful of kids who have brothers and sisters at home who they can practice with. Uh, the ones that don't have the videos to, to look at and watch, they have access to those even after the lockdown. And then obviously with their stance and motion, uh, burpees or hill sprint and lifting exercises, um, that's pretty much the core of what they have access daily. So I'll stop right there if anybody has questions because then we have um, weekly assignments too. So every, there's less burnout because this, this assignment only lasts a week and then next week, there's another 
environment. So that's the route I took just to avoid the problem that you just said you had. Right. So you're 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 giving them a daily checklist, is what I'm hearing, and, and then that uh, yeah the, the compounding effect of having that going through the week and then changing it uh, for the following yeah. to break, yeah. break things up. Yeah, so daily is stance in motion or burpees and hill sprints and obviously lifting weights two, three times a week if they have access, which they should be doing anyway, most of them. And that's their physical side of wrestling. So, you know, 30 minutes a day of physical activity, maybe more. And uh, from a wrestling technique study aspect, they have our wrong way, right way varies. And I gave them access to our online wrestling academy. So that's just sort of sitting with your laptop and, and kind of, looking through the uh, wrestling techniques and, and things. And they'll learn quite a bit through that. But that's the that's sort of the foundation that they have access to. And um, some of those things are supposed to spend, you know, 10, 20 minutes a day doing daily. So, yes, you're correct. I, I like that you also throw in the accountability factor of having the, the parents, you know, uh, accountable to, to keeping up with the kids, too. Well, my wife said, hey, Nick, these parents are stressed out. They want to go to work. They can't. Some are not getting paid. Some are stressed about where their next paycheck's going to come from. They're supposed to be teaching their kids math and science and homeschooling them. They're not going to want to deal with, with your wrestling stuff. And I said, good point. So I told the parents, you have to do none of this. All you have to say is, hey, every day at 1130, you are doing stance and motion. Then you're going to go lift weights. Then you're going to... Um, uh, do whatever's on Nick's assignment list. And we can go into the weekly we self-evaluation forms. I have famous wrestling matches. They're watching and evaluating. They're supposed to be evaluating their own matches. So there's some daily assignments. But yeah, the parents, uh, it's, it's nothing that they have to do necessarily to say, hey, it's time for you to put in your 30 minutes or one hour or whatever. And so I'm not really making, I'm making it easy on the parents because they have rest in their life right now and i just wanted to make this where hey kick them in the butt glance if they're if they're doing it let me know i'm not going to be too nitpicky about uh, handing out this shirt that they earn but uh, we definitely want to make it user friendly for the parents just because they have bigger fish to fry right now sure yeah it's, yep. it's, a, it's definitely a different different time right now yes so um you know we're looking at there's still tournaments that are set for the summer you know, yeah. and, and uh, so I know there's a bunch of wrestlers out there as well as coaches because, you know, how we, we all get invested in, in, in competition. Uh, goal setting for these competitions, you know, what, what do we do now? I mean, do, I know the, the checklist that you've uh, given us uh, and that you spoke of, but now it's like before we would just go hit the mats, you know, and, and uh, work on, on technique and, and grind out but now it's uh you know under under these conditions what's that look like just what you explain yeah well so you know i the virginia beach which is national high school wrestling association nationals is coming up it's supposed to be end of end of march right uh -huh. middle of march well they postponed it till the end of may now i postponed it again so you know i remind my co my parents and my athletes that hey you know, we still have some big tournaments coming up, and that's the one that we try to really push. I would require it if I could, but I can't, obviously. Um, that's where you get recruited for college wrestling. Uh, Super 32s is on that list, and certainly Junior Nationals, which is in Fargo. And um, But that's more down the list nowadays in order of importance. So, you know, our kids who, you know, just because you um, are in this unique time frame doesn't mean you don't still have goals. So, you know, we could have this as opportunity knowing that a lot of our opponents or competition, it's like a salesman when it's rainy out day, the salesman may not leave his house or not put much effort in that day, but the salesman who, uh, who crushes it uh, is out there making sales because he knows that no one else is competing at that time. So this could really be a, a, a time of advantage for us. And sure, if you can't get on the mat and, and wrestle and scrap, uh, neither can anyone else. But there's something that you can do. And as we like to always educate our athletes on, it's not just the fact that you watched 
uh, 20 wrong way, right way videos today. And you did 100 burpees in seven and a half minutes. And, uh, you know, you evaluated your, your, your two closest matches this year. And we have a, 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 a um, post-match evaluation form that I emailed everybody. That was during week number two, I think. And um, so let's say they're doing some of these things and going through these assignments. You feel good about yourself. You feel more deserving. And as we like to point out, next time I have a big match, I'm going to get the takedown. Next time I have my hands locked on a cradle, I'm going to be less, I'm going to be less likely to let go. It's going to be harder for you not to get turned. If I put in this time beforehand, you know, John Smith used to say, you have to feel like you deserve to win because there's so much sort of emotional power that comes from uh, knowing that you deserve to win. Um, sure, the other guy maybe deserves to win too, but at least you're right there with them. So you can't have these little uh, weak links in your chain because, um, you know, because that, that can cost you. So how do you build up and shore up uh, sort of what we learned at Oklahoma State as emotional toughness? A lot of it comes down to just putting this time in. So I've encouraged them that, um, you know, sure, you might not be able to get on the wrestling mat now, but do the things that you can, knowing that a lot of your opponents are going to use this as an excuse not to train or do anything, just like the salesman uses the rain as an excuse not to go out and work today and make sales because ultimately that's going to help you to develop a little more of grit and emotional toughness. And that's something you can be excited about. I love that. Uh, uh, if, you know, going back and even the taking your best matches and evaluating them and uh, a lot of these wrestlers, they're so disconnected right now from wrestling and that would really help uh, anchor them, you know, back in, into that mindset, I think. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's that's awesome. You know, uh, everybody, uh, you know, across the country, we're all starting to hear about the lockdown being released and, uh, yeah. you know, sooner than others, of course. Uh, what's that transition going to look like? You know, are we going to ease back in? Are we going to jump right back into things? Are we going to, you know, maybe have some precautions that we're going to follow that we're going to practice? I mean, what, what do you what do you foresee? Yeah, well, I, I don't really know. I mean, I follow this very closely because remember, I have about 720 kids that generally come to our camp this summer. We have teams from Alaska signed up. I have a handful of kids from Canada signed up to come to the camp this summer. I've got this big training facility, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of overhead. Um, some of it I'm already deep in on. So, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at uh, a, a, a big loss as well as far as income. This is how I, luckily I just got the, water treatment plant put into my facility because we've had a holding tank for the past couple of years, which is very expensive to have pumped. So I just basically officially finished my gym last Friday. So that's a good thing. Um, but yes, yeah, so I follow this very closely because, you know, this is, this is my job. And um, I'm also worried that what if they allow us to have camps, but there's another breakout and then now kids are forced to fly back home or I have to can't, I have to cancel the the camp that starts four days later so i'm a little bit stressed about all of this as well uh so i do follow it extremely closely just because it's my livelihood and i've got parents from you know we've already have 400 and something kids signed up but um i know this it seems like there's there's phases so phase one uh, gyms can open up as long as there are, I guess they said, um, common sense measures to help distance and, and divide up the uh, athletes. Mm. That's, that phase two is gyms can open, schools can resume. So that's really what I'm looking for is for the state of Missouri and specifically Lincoln County where we're located to be in phase two where gyms are allowed to open. Um, but obviously they said, if, if there's a flare up somewhere, well then you might slide back to phase one, or you might slide back into lockdown. So it seems to be sort of real fluid right now and that sort of scares me. Um, uh, I know this, at some, if there's not going to be a vaccine for this and within a, until maybe a year or a year and a half, at some point in time, I mean, like I told my buddy yesterday, we have to come out of the locker room and face the bully, right? And apparently, according to a lot of doctor friends of mine, you know, that the, the, the thing is, we're not trying to keep you or I from getting this or um, necessarily, we're trying to keep you and I from getting it at the same time because the hospitals get overwhelmed. 
So I think that monitoring sort of state by state and even county by county is, is a smart thing to do. But I do know that people can't hide in their house in, I mean, for another year. You just can't do it. Uh, you know, a friend of mine is, uh, has a hair salon. She has to, to feed her family at some point in time, you know? So it's, it's a scary time that, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm looking at seeing we're supposed to be in phase one right now, along with 27 or eight other states. And once we get to be in the uh, phase two of the releasing of the lockdown or the leasing of the rains, that's whenever the, um, the schools and daycare centers and summer camps are allowed to, to operate. So um, I think that as far as the, the uh, tournaments are concerned, uh, I think that's even a little bit different because a tournament will have thousands of people in the stands and I think that is after phase two. So I think a lot of the big tournaments are not going to be allowed to operate. Maybe even some of the great big sport camps that have seven, 800 kids a week at camp. You know, we have right around a uh, hundred a week. So, um, uh, you know, that's sort of the parameters that we have to operate in, but I'm not sure the tournaments are going to be um, falling uh, under phase two. And even if they are, I'm not sure they can operate. I haven't seen those uh, details yet. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty uh, pretty different times right now. Yeah. How things are, uh, you know, keeping keeping us from doing what we love to do and what you know helps us pay our bills as well. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like I said, pe pe people are people are dying. So I try to keep that in perspective. Uh, it's it's just a scary time all the way around. Like I said, um, uh, you know, I think this is serious. But so is, um, you know, not eating for a year and a half. So it's, it's a very, I would not want to be President Trump or any of the uh, leaders right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of people on both sides uh, stressed out and uh, sort of, uh, but for me, I, um, I'm sort of just trying to be patient. And as long as there's some common sense measures in place, I think that's all we can do right now. I think, you know, there we're going to know more about this after the fact. There's going to be a bunch of uh, looking back. Um, you know, anybody can be armchair quarterback, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, – we'll, we're definitely going to be ready the next time a big pandemic hits, I think. So, you know, that, that, that's the good thing. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I always like – I like to always be the optimist, you know, and, and – um, Me too. I hope that, uh, you know, wrestling season, at least for school, starts uh, on time and – Maybe we can hopefully get uh, some some good tournaments in by by this summer, and you know when when that when that happens, let's let's just say in a perfect world because I, I want to I really want to kind of focus on something like that, and yeah. uh, and wrestling seasons open back up to us. You know uh, what from your experience because this is I know there's a lot of folks that are just dying to hear from you and. What are, what are some key elements, some tips, uh, you know, to get your wrestler to the next level or maintaining your, your higher level, quote unquote, higher level wrestler through their drawing, but, and, and also helping them at a higher performance. Is that, are, are the two things congruent with each other or, or, you know, are there different levels on that? And I, and I understand that, you know, you've got your youth, your, your middle school, your, your high school and college levels. Uh, but all in all is, and I understand there's no secret formula, but yeah. uh, there are tips that a wrestler can use uh, that can help them to get to that higher level. And what I like, you know, is if you could just share some of your insights on that, just, just yeah. to kind of get us excited about wrestling again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you're talking about during this lockdown or just in general? In general, you know, let's, yeah. let's just say in a perfect world, we're not on lockdown anymore and we're ready to get back after it. You know, what, well, what? E even with even if we are on lockdown, you know, I told my parents this and I always I over communicate with our parents. Right. They probably get tired, you know, probably 10 or 12 emails a week. And it's not just, uh, you know, it's like educational stuff. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, one week I had 30 matches. There were sort of somewhat famous matches, I guess, from. Uh, college wrestlers, Olympic wrestlers and so forth. Uh, I didn't put a lot of. Jordan Burroughs and all, you know, the, most of our kids who watch wrestling, they're already watching those, but there's some, 
there's some matches from, you know, 10, 20 years ago from the Russians. Uh, Lincoln McElravey, when he won his uh, NCAA title as a true freshman, he was one of the first true freshmen to ever win the NCAA title, that match. So I gave him 30 matches to evaluate, and I said, pick 10, right, and learn. And what I told the parents is this. I wanted them to watch some of these matches too because I want them to see not just the, you know, we always look for wrestling technique and moves, but look for positioning. Look how smart and patient these, these wrestlers wrestle. They are extremely aggressive. But, you know, a, a quarterback who throws seven touchdowns but throws seven interceptions is not a good quarterback, right? I would rather throw five touchdowns and zero interceptions. So I said, watch for their shot to finish ratio. Watch how many times they attack the legs and actually get in. And if they're shoulder deep and have a deep right knee, look at their pre-match, um, their mindset, because a big mistake coaches and parents make is they try to get their kids way too mad and angry and super psyched up, where really a wrestler should not be super psyched up. A wrestler is kind of like a quarterback. And there's a famous, uh, I wrote about this somewhere and I emailed to my parents, there's a famous story about Joe Namath who was, you know, back in the day, he was a great quarterback in practice, but he couldn't perform in, in big games. They brought a sports psychologist in to study him and look, and they said, you are getting mentally prepared for the football game in the locker room with all the linemen and all the other guys. So they pulled him out since he was a quarterback, and he kind of has to have more of a, a chess player mindset a little bit. And they said, you sit in the coach's office and read a newspaper and put your feet up. Boom, now he's one of the best quarterbacks ever, right? Uh, so I tried to educate my parents on those things as well. When they're watching these, these matches, I gave them to pick 10 to evaluate. So coming full circle, how do you help an elite athlete to stay elite or to get more elite or um, even a beginner or up and comer to, to, to keep climbing, to have level jumps? It always comes down to this. Too often, and you as a wrestler and all these people listening, if you were ever a wrestler in a big match, you know that your biggest losses were probably came from your own poor uh, psychological state of mind, mm -hmm. right? So that's a big part of what we do in our, uh, in our academy and practices is try to help educate them on this. So one week of our... Um, you know, our, our, our lockdown training assignment was to, there's a bunch of evaluation forms I have. I have them write things down like this. What are, what are three, um, you know, there's a goal sheet. And I said, I want you to write mission accomplished, right? There's a goal sheet there too, because a goal sheet is negative. A goal sheet is things I have not done yet. It's like, I haven't done these things. But it does, isn't it nice sometimes to look back and look what you have accomplished. You know, I've heard this countless times over the, over the years, coaching friends of mine, when you introduce them, or they look at their, I guess, their bio on the, on the, the camp brochure, they're like, man, I look pretty good. I had more success <laughs> than I thought I did. I'm like, you should have studied that when you were a wrestler. So that's one of our assignments is our athletes are gonna write down Write the things down, write down uh, a couple of strengths that you have that you're proud of. Write down um, three reasons why you can accomplish your, your, your goals, you know, maybe uh, strengths that you have. Write down a couple of weaknesses that you have that you have fixed this year and that you're proud that you have attacked. You might not have stomped them all the way out, but that you're proud of. Um, so as far as helping athletes to, to stay elite, it almost always comes down to keeping them from tripping themselves up through anxiety, panicking, becoming apprehensive, overthinking, uh, engaging in negative thoughts. Instead of saying light and, and happy and, ha and being in a good mood and, um, you know, uh, being grateful for what you have accomplished and using that as motivation to keep you in good spirits. So I would say that's the number one thing that any coach can do. I don't care if it's a seven-year-old or a 25-year-old. Generally, the number one thing keeping us from having these level jumps is not another wrestling move or a need to do more conditioning. It's learning how to organize your own thoughts 
uh, learning how to think, understanding that thoughts create emotion, bad thoughts create bad emotion, good thoughts create good emotion, learning to be hard on yourself, but also look back and say, I've had a lot of success. I'm happy with where I'm at. Some guy on YouTube, he called it blissful dissatisfaction. That's a term I've been using a lot the past four or five years with our athletes and parents. And again, I'm on my parents nonstop because if they're behind the scenes sort of helping me with the messaging uh, of our athletes, uh, it's going to start to sink in, right? Uh, so being blissfully blissful dissatisfaction means I want more, but I'm happy with where I'm at right now. And I'm proud of where I've come, but I still want more. Otherwise, you fall into the trap of, I'll be happy when I win that state title. Well, if your goal is to be a high school state title and you're only a really dedicated, hardworking 13-year-old, you might have five years to wait, right? Isn't it good to be happy with the success you're having now? So to be happy with what you're doing while you're, while you're chasing these other goals, I think is important. So uh, that's my answer. And I've backed that up with that was um, on our, this assignment they're doing right now is, there's about 50 questions, don't get me wrong. I just listed a few of them. Uh, kind of self-awareness forms that I forced them to fill out. But they're not all happy and positive. Some of them are, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about your, your practice efforts? How do you think that me and your coaches feel about your practice efforts? What are two or three, who are two or three friends that you, you have around you that you think can help you to accomplish your goal? Can you list one or two friends who maybe um, are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? And do you have any way where you can sort of distance yourself from them? Or maybe even you have to distance yourself from them. So my, my, my forms, I emailed all my parents to give to the kids. Um, it runs the gamut. And those fall right in line with what you just said. Because like I said, we generally train. Let's show more wrestling moves. Let's wrestle live. Let's, let's lift weights. And let's condition these guys. And they're going to win. No, they're not, because we're not attacking all these other issues um, as well. So um, that, that, that would be what I would focus on as a coach, and that is what we have done on week number three of our lockdown, actually. I, I dig it, the, the whole um, – and that's – you know, you're, you're right. A lot of athletes in general do not celebrate their, their little victories of you – know, Oh, I never did. And, yeah. and they're so hard on themselves, you know, um, yes. for losers and all that other stuff. And uh, just to celebrate that, because that's um, from what I was hearing, you know, is in a sense like a positive affirmation as well, you know, yeah. saying, hey, I am good. You know, I'm, I, I have done this. I've, I've accomplished this and that. Uh, yeah, and, but write and, those down and read those. You should and, write those down and read those. And, be, and it's kind of like the whole grateful practice that's been real popular the past mm -hmm. 12 years or so, right? I think Oprah right. Winfrey started this years ago. Think about things that you're grateful about, you know? Obviously, at this time, I could think about the fact that my camps are going to cancel this year, but my, my mom is 69. My niece is, uh, has, uh, she has some medical issues and has, has had a few uh, ambulance rides, right, because of her uh, asthma. I'm super grateful that they haven't uh, gotten this. So, I mean, now is whenever we... We need to, to really focus on being grateful. But as an athlete, I knew a guy, BZ Hendricks. He passed away a few years ago. He was the uh, sports psychologist, one of them at the Olympic Training Center. He mostly worked with the Greco-Roman team. He just said, Nick, my most successful athletes are my least happy. And I go, that sounds like the way I was. He goes, these people are nuts, man. He said, they're like, they're like borderline, like, dude, what's wrong with you? But I do think that is... Uh, it, is is um is a characteristic and generally it's the very more the more successful athletes that need more help from us coaches from a a wrestling a sports psychology uh standpoint because mm -hmm. they drive their way to the top and they drive themselves right into a concrete wall and they self-destruct 
and they need someone to help them to, to sort of shore up. Because as John Smith used to say, this is an emotional draining sport and you need to learn to handle the emotional. It needs to be, because I was very stressed out all the time, never celebrated my wins, was, you know, some people say, I'll be happy when I, I accomplish something. My approach was, I will be miserable until. That's how I grew <laughs> up, right? My dad was kind of like that. We're just, you know, and it wasn't until I was about 35 that I snapped out of it because, you know, I was, uh, I ruined parts of my life. And as a wrestler, I was ranked number one in the nation my senior year, um, seeded first at the NCAA tournament, started wrestling miserable and tight about January, and John was on me all the time. Part of that was because I lost my sophomore and junior year of college wrestling. And as Kerry Colat said, he goes, dude, it's hard to wrestle your senior year if you miss the NCAA tournament for two whole years. You kind of got to be in here to be prepared for it. So, I mean, that could be maybe an excuse. But I do know that I, if I had had some, some coaching and someone sort of mentoring me along like I do my athletes, and that's maybe one of the reasons I'm on this, this kick for – you know, the past 21 years, right? Is this to help them not to self-destruct, not to self-destruct just because I know I did. And I saw so many uh, wrestling uh, friends of mine over the years who have, and um, uh, you know, we, we can definitely just spending a little time just educating the kids, Hey, start paying attention to this a little bit. And during uh this week, we gave our kids a book to a couple of books to choose from. I have about 50 pages typed up. They're kind of sports psychology type stuff. Some of it I, um, I, I, I took from friends of mine with their, with their um, permission. Some of it I copied and pasted. Like there was a good David Taylor interview at Win Magazine five or six years ago. I Xeroxed that. That's in there. Some of these are just things that I typed up over the years. Um, just from all my studying and helping these kids from the sports psychology side of it. So one of their exercises is to read these packets three times. The second time you read it, you need to take a highlighter. The third time you, you take it, you need to take a pen and, and double check your highlighted notes. Now you have a book of, let's say, 45 pages, but you have a three pages overall or five or six that are highlighted, and your goal is one, two, three times a week, just to take your notebook out. And Evan Colleen, his dad texted me a picture of him laying on his carpet, reading his notebook. And he was rereading because not everything pertains to everybody. Some of us have different sort of issues psychologically in wrestling than others. Some of us have a hard time motivating ourselves. Some of us are too motivated. Some of us get really nervous and lock up and we have a really good wrestler. I, I, I actually locked up a little bit when I had a wrestler who was an up and comer. I used to, I would wrestle amazing if I had an amazing wrestler because it was like a slap in the face. It was, it's go time, right? But I found over the years that uh, we all have different, different areas uh, where we're broken. So that's the reason I encourage them to read this whole manual that I've typed up over the past 20 years and then highlight the areas that you think affect you and can help you. Then reread those highlighted areas a hundred times. It's like marinating a steak, right? You want to marinate your brain with, with these ideas and stories and tips and tricks and ways to talk yourself off the ledge and, and, and rebound and, and, and develop your own energy and to build and repair your own confidence. Um, so over time, like drilling a single leg over time, it starts to become second nature. So that's really the cornerstone of what we're doing during this uh, three to four week lockdown. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think it. it's going to be beneficial. Yeah. I, I mean, just, you know what you just said it's it's amazing what i'm learning myself uh the uh way that you have the kids get introspective really looking at themselves you know how you said uh you know well, how do you think your coaches feel about the way you're training and yeah. you know, having them look from another person's point of view uh looking at uh, all of these different things uh when it comes to the sports psychology of it and really i mean correct me if i'm wrong and it might sound silly it just it, it feels like almost like 80 percent mindset and 20 percent physical physicality you know yeah like, well 
I, I know this. Years ago, I mean, we always teach in wrestling in America, the wrestling's 90% mental. Well, what isn't, right? I mean, you know, uh, getting up and going to work every day is 90% mental. Not everybody can do it, right? Let's just, let's just be honest. But it's really kind of just uh, uh, the cost of entry, right? It, it's like, well, no, duh. It's, we have to be motivated and be tough and want to work hard and be able to grind and be able to push ourselves. But when I look at my national competition, there's 2,000 athletes that are within two years and 10 pounds of me. And they're fighting for my college wrestling scholarship. They're fighting for my state title, possibly. They're certainly fighting for my national title. They're all mentally tough and motivated. Now what? We have to, go, we have to progress beyond the wrestling is 90% mental and, and being tough and being in good shape and wanting it really, 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 really bad. Now what? These other 2,000 kids are doing that too, coach. I, I still, I'm, I'm stuck here. And that's really the foundation of sort of my mindset from a coaching standpoint. I try to attack wrestling beyond that, assuming that we're already in that arena with these super um, hardcore dedicated kids who have, you know, the emotional support from parents and so forth. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I do think wrestling is a, a substantial part is mental. But um, I think when people say wrestling is 90% mental, we're mostly just looking at the, the, the motivation, having a good attitude, being tough, being able to push yourself through adversity. Um, but I know that uh, one thing about wrestling is being able to control your emotions, mm -hmm. right? Because I was very mentally tough and I'm not going to brag, but I mean, I didn't eat fast food for probably five or six years probably three times in five or six years after I graduated college, I was psychotically dedicated. John Smith's dad sat me down one time and said, you're wound too tight. You need to lighten up. He gave me like a little 30 minute talk, but that's just the way I was. Right. High level of discipline, right? Just a high level. Yeah. Too, I was too disciplined. I was like Drake Howard's show. I remember at Mizzou, um, he wrestled with us and he was nine. And he helps us with practices still now to this day. He just moved back to the St. Louis area. But, you know, he was NCAA champ for Mizzou. Uh, Brian Smith used to have to pull him out of the wrestling room and go, you got you're two days off. He was psychotic, right? He's afraid he's going to hurt himself by overtraining. And that's a famous story. Dan Gable did this thing with Barry Davis back in the 80s. He used to have to pull him off the mat. So from a coaching standpoint, that's the reason those – I said I email my parents or give to my kids. And the – that is weak part of our we have our academy we have three levels our academy core program elite and then world-class wrestler program is super all-in dedicated kind of thing they use worksheets all time and so i kind of just stole what i've already been doing with those guys for the past years and and, and revamped it a little bit so it's more user-friendly and didn't take up so much time and i pushed it out to all of our academy kids from our schools to our, our 18 year olds who are new to wrestling, to our girls, to everybody. But what's interesting is this, like you said, how do you, how do you think your coaches see you uh, from a, a practice work ethic standpoint? I'm astonished. Some of these say a six. And I'll, because I read these, right? I'm going to get back and I'm going to read these and I'm learning about my athlete. And I'm like, you're a wacko. Are you kidding me? I think you're a 10 plus. You're my one of my favorite kids. I, I'm in awe by how hard you work. And the kid will say, oh, I thought it was a six. Those forms are very good for you just too. Because yeah. you can now, you can see who really, um, who, who really, you can see how these kids see themselves a little bit. So I'm looking forward to getting all of these back and, and studying those and that. reading those. Yeah, because I can kind of get to know these kids because you know, you're a teacher and you've got the kid best and he's on your football team and he's in the room. You don't know that kid until you sit him and talk to him. That's one thing I like too. I'm kind of get off topic here a bit. Texting. Kids will open up when they text. They won't answer their phone if you call them, right? There's grown men that won't do that nowadays. Half the college coaches won't even answer their phones. These young guys. Uh, but they like to text. So you can just text your wrestler and say, hey, what's going on? How, what do you think about that match that you just had? You pulled it mm -hmm. out the win at the end. I'm very proud of you. But you seem to be slow first period. What was going on in your head? You know? And, 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 when, they, and when they text me back, now we have a little dialogue because it's just me and them, right? 
So that's another tip I would give to the coaches out there. Pick up your phone and text these kids and really just counsel them. You don't have to be a trained, uh, have a doctorate in sports psychology. It's just basic counseling and just helping them to navigate the emotionally draining sport of wrestling. Very good. Very good. Yep. I've, got, I've got a bunch of uh, questions coming in here, Coach. Perfect. Um, and I had one uh, myself personally, and it just I'll, I'll make that one real quick. If there was uh, two books that you could recommend, because I like reading, what, what would those yeah. be? Well, there, there, there's a handful. I had my kids. The book Relentless is a good one. It's by uh, Tim S. Grover, and um, he was Michael Jordan's performance coach. Okay. A lot of these viewers are probably familiar with that. So Tim Grover, and he's on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter and so forth. And Michael Jordan paid him a lot of money. He goes, I'm not paying you just to be my coach. I'm paying you not to help anybody else. So this guy was, yeah, so that is tremendous. And I think it was chapter, I don't read, I listen to books. I'm a slow reader, so I like to listen. But I think it was chapter 10 through 14, I listened to like five times in a row. But uh, that is a tremendous book that's really good for everybody. Um, the David Goggins book is awesome, right? He has some interviews on David Goggins. Most of you are probably familiar with him. Uh, some of his interviews online have a lot of cursing in them. Certainly doesn't bother me, but you might not want to have your eight-year-old listen to it. But his book is tremendous. Another one is, um, it's called Mind Gym. That's a, that's a pretty good one, Mind Gym. So, uh, but definitely Relentless and David Goggins is, is tremendous, but I would recommend for the kids, they read so much in school anyway, they're not going to read a book. I'm, I always encourage them, you can go to YouTube and, and, and look at the track wrestling playlist, and you can listen to every Kale Sanderson in, interview. Now, he's not giving many of his secrets, right? Let's be honest. There's a lot more going on there than he lets on. But Tom Brand spills his guts, right? John Smith does a pretty good job. Tom Ryan. Why don't you look at these top four to eight coaches in America? Listen to every interview. Sure, every, every word they say, every interview isn't going to be career-altering. But it's like a rich guy said. He's like, I didn't buy this book. You know, I bought this book for the one idea that can help me with my marketing, with my this or with my that. Uh, <clears throat> so when you listen to these Kale Sanderson interviews or Tom Ryan interviews, they're giving their secrets away and you won't even listen. But you have time to sit and play video games for three hours. Why don't you play video games and listen, put, uh, put your headphones on? So those books are tremendous, but I think kids can learn a lot by listening to the interviews of these famous wrestlers and coaches. And sure, like I said, every interview is not going to be worth it. But that one thing that uh, Thomas Gilman says in that one interview, you're like, dude, that speaks to me. That, that's sort of career changing, you know? And that's what we're doing as coaches and athletes. We're, we're constantly in the wrestling room working, and then boom. It's like three months in stalemating and stagnant wrestling, but then I have a breakthrough moment. And I think that's the power of um, reading these books, listening to these interviews. And uh, I would encourage my athletes to do that. Okay. All right. That's, that's great. I've, and I've been uh, listening to a lot of podcasts myself. Uh, now I've got, I've got some uh, questions coming in here from uh, looks like some wrestlers as well as some coaches. Perfect. Uh, so uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, what are some good at-home training techniques, uh, uh, wrestling-wise, to stay in quote-unquote wrestling shape? Uh, I'll just add this onto it. With stance in motion, uh, would, would it be since, or how would that be since they don't have mats at home? Yeah. Okay. So stance in motion, you're really not on a mat, right? So, um, you know, you're, you, if you hit your knee, let's say that. So for stance in motion, we basically do this. We circle left, we circle right. We fake with our right foot, fake with our left foot. We sprawl in a circle because we always sprawl in a circle. We never sprawl straight back. So we sprawl in a circle right, sprawl in a circle left. Then you have basically, let's say, your penetration steps. It can be sort of a, a single penetration step. You have to do that very slow. You can still maybe put a knee pad on. 
a big thick volleyball knee pad is tremendous. Get one of those big volleyball knee pads. And now you can hit your knee on the mat on the carpet. And then you have your, maybe your, your double leg or high crotch to a double or your low single leg uh, penetration step. So um, stance motion, fake, circle, shot, sprawl. And I encourage our kids to get a watch and set a timer for two minutes and try to stay down for two whole minutes. And then you stop, you shake your legs out and stretch for one minute. Then you start again. And we're not really going for speed. Like I said earlier, we're pretending that, you know, Jordan Burroughs is getting ready to shoot on us. So our, our phrase is feet wide, touch a mat, don't let your opponent read your shirt. So make sure your feet are wide, make sure your chest is low, make sure 60% of your weight is over your, over, your, over your stance, and make sure your right pec is over your right knee, and make sure your opponent can't read your shirt. And then two minutes of stance of motion. So yes, we don't wanna be slow motion, but we don't wanna be moving so fast that we break position because stance of motion is not about just conditioning your legs. It's also about strengthening your stance because a small stance is hard to score on. And we wanna learn to maintain that. Perfect, I love it. Now yep. um, I've got one here from a coach. Uh, here's says, I've been doing technique videos weekly for my athletes just to give them something new to look at and work on. Uh, I've also been having athletes send in videos from the past season or uh, close match or close matches, and we're uh, we've gone over techniques and strategies. Basically, going over film, we usually just do a Zoom meeting and share content that way. Uh, any any tips or suggestions that he might want to add on to that, Coach? Yeah, yeah. So um, so what we do is we gave our kids like I said, the wrong way, right way videos. They're on YouTube and anybody can have access to them. Just go to our YouTube channel. Uh, so I, I give my kids a bunch of videos and uh, I, like I said earlier, 30 matches, pick 10, watch all of them if you want. And there's a form and they can sort of evaluate. I gave them three or four questions. I can't remember. Uh, I want you to answer these questions while you watch this match. So that way, sometimes just watching. Now I could put up a Zoom meeting and I could just drill a wrestling technique or a move. I feel like it's probably, uh, we have a bunch of core techniques online that they can watch, but I think it's also pretty awesome if they can watch, there's a phrase, what right looks like. The military does that. Show us what right looks like. So this way you can watch, um, you know, Dayton Fix wrestle or Yanni wrestle, or uh, there's a handful of famous wrestling matches like Arson Fadzaev. He won 10 world titles. He used to be my favorite wrestler growing up. There's a few Arson Fadzaev matches you can watch. And uh, <coughs> so watching these can be another way to, to um, utilize the internet and uh, technology to learn. But as far as breaking down your kids' matches, I think that's awesome. It's a great idea. We gave all of our coaches cell phone numbers and email addresses to our parents. And I said, all of our coaches send us five really close matches and we will watch those and send you back some video clips and things. So what we do is I like to watch my kids' matches on my computer and I'll take my iPhone and I'll video the computer, right? And then I'll point with my finger and I'll rewind and I go right there. If you had attacked the ankle instead of the shin bone, you would have had more leverage there. You need to knee slide your right knee here and I'll rewind it. So sometimes I video, when I'm evaluating kids' matches, I don't have to go into my wrestling room. Now, sometimes I do with them and go over a technique or a move or do something new. So you can point out so – it's usually the little things, especially more experienced wrestlers. They know a lot of core wrestling. They really don't need moves or to, to watch me drill things they already know. But just to just saying, you know, here when you had a collar, if you had your elbow closer to the sternum instead of out here by the pit, you wouldn't have got hit with that uh, slide by. They're like, oh, that makes sense. So when you're watching your kids' matches, use that, use your iPhone. That's a very powerful. But what I would definitely do is this: I tell my kids, I'm not watching your matches until you watch them first. You have to take this form, and I have a post-match evaluation form that I've typed up for our athletes and they print it off and they're watching their close match. They need to evaluate their match first because I want them to learn that look within themselves and not always say, who's going to make me great? Who's going to make me great? You know, who's going to help me? So I'm like, I'm not watching your match until you watch it first. 
And so when they watch it first and they answer some leading questions, now I'm learning to look for the things that I for in a match, and then I'll evaluate their match and then we'll kind of compare notes. So uh, that would be my two tips. Use your iPhone and video, and video yourself kind of talk and then send those little 20 second clips to the kids through text and uh, make them evaluate their matches first um, because we're starting to wean them off a little bit. And I think that's helpful. I love that. That's, that's uh, really using technology at its finest and virtual coaching in the sense. Yeah. And, um, that, this next question uh, piggybacks on that is uh, from Damon. Uh, and we're getting ready to wrap it up here is, uh, do you have a library of forms and outlines? Um, I, I, I just have a bunch of things emailed. I mean, email, they're on word docs, but if people can email me through our website, perlerwrestling.com. I'll send those to you. Okay. And, and you're going to find, you're going to find that there's probably some things you're like, dude, this guy's an idiot. How come he didn't put this question on there? All right. So if you find something that, that I should be putting on there, email me back and I'll be glad to add those. But I try to keep everything super kind of 80, 20 rule, right? I try to keep everything so simple and easy and user-friendly for our wrestlers so they'll actually will do it. So I'm trying to always hit on that. Yeah, the, the kiss so method number one, is super simple. <laughs> yeah, so number one is on a scale of one to five, how did you feel mentally slash emotionally leading into this match? Because I, I always tell them, if you said I was a one, I didn't sleep last night, I worried myself to death, my dad, I love him, but he wore me out before the match. He scared the hell out of me uh, uh, before the match. And then I went out there, I didn't wrestle. Why would I even want to evaluate that match from a technique standpoint and say, oh, you know, your right hand should have been on the sock and not the shin bone. Let's just throw the match away. I don't even want to watch it because you weren't out there wrestling anyway. So question number one is always on a scale of one to five, how did you feel mentally slash emotionally leading to the match? And I, and I have a little disclaimer that says only five or 10 matches your whole life will you probably be a five or five plus. So don't feel like, you know, you, you should, um, you know, you're, you're always going to be perfect out there because we can, we're always, we're always course correcting, right? We're always a little bit too anxious, a little bit too laid back. We warmed up a little bit too much. We didn't warm up enough. We cut our weight too early. We cut our weight a little bit too late. Uh, you know, my legs are, my legs are a little bit too tired. My legs are, it's always, there's never perfect fit. That would be question number one. But if anybody emails me, I'll share the forms that I have with them. They can start using those. They're pretty awesome. And, and to piggyback on that, uh, as we're wrapping it up, uh, coach, um, where, where can our, our viewers find you, uh, get in contact with you, if, uh, find out about any kind of uh, camps that you might have open? Because yeah. I know that you're, you, you guys fill up pretty quick uh, so they can get in contact with you. Yeah, perlerwrestling.com or just Google Perler Wrestling, and uh, you can find us there. We have a bunch of programs. We don't just do wrestling camps and academy. We do other things as well, college recruiting centers and so forth. Also encourage everyone to look at our YouTube channel. There's about 900 videos there. Most of those are kind of sports psychology type videos or um, wrestling performance videos. Um, here are the, the three secrets to winning close matches. This is how to mentally prepare for a match. This is how to recover from a loss. There's videos there for parents. There's videos there for coaches. So coaches out there who are parents or dads or moms who are watching this, who say, you know, this guy, I think, has, has some different ways of doing things. I think I would like to start adopting. Just go to our YouTube channel. And YouTube's cool, right? Because, I mean, I love coaching. I like helping people. It's free. You can throw stuff on there. Our Instagram and Facebook pages, just at Pearl the Wrestling, are also very good. Um, uh, we on Instagram, uh, sort of a different video library. So I would definitely, if you're not an Instagram person, get Instagram because, uh, you know, we do put some videos on there as that are not on YouTube, but 99% of them are also on YouTube. So, you know, you can check us out there as well. If you just wanted to maybe tap into some educational, Hey, this is how I can be a better coach. This is how I can be a better wrestler. This is how I can be a better wrestling dad. You know, what, what's the what's the key, the, the top two keys to, to making weight and having energy before a match? It's on there. Just go to the playlist and peck around and, you know, um, you, you can really educate yourself. 
I love it. I love it. You're a huge resource coach, Perler. I really appreciate your time. Um, you know, want to thank you for, for uh, the time you spent with us and uh, all of the knowledge that you shared. Uh, you know, we're, we're having this uh, weekly. And again, want to thank uh, Nick for coming out and uh, sharing his time with us and, and answering some questions. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to Buck Watkins. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, he runs a Watkins trained. Uh, he's been over 30 states and uh, done 35 camps and 4,000 or 40,000 miles in last summer. So we're excited to talk to him about that. But again, uh, Coach Perler, really want to just thank you. Uh, super honored to have you on and um, just, uh, you know, looking forward to, to hopefully seeing you soon, Matt side. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get this all behind us. We'll be uh, uh, back on the mats and the kids can get back after it. But I appreciate you having me and everybody for tuning in. And um, uh, I wish everyone big success. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Everybody right. else, I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks again. We'll see you guys on the mat side. Right. Keep safe. Thank, Thank you. you.